Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I get to sit down and talk with Penn State strength and conditioning coach Cam Davidson. And guys, we're just going to sit here and we're going to talk training. You know, Cam's one of the best out there. He's a guy that I have a ton of respect for. He does great work up in State College. And uh, we get right into it talking about the women's volleyball team. We'd start talking about where the culture has been built from with that team. You know, they're, they're super successful. We talk about how the culture has led into that immense amount of success. We talk about where the weight room fits into that culture and how it has helped build and, and kind of keep that ball rolling, you know, keep the machine going that's been so immensely successful there for so long. We then talk about his job with the men's ice hockey team. So he works with a team that, that has had historically super success, and then he jumps on almost right at the beginning, starting with a brand-new Division I program in State College with the men's hockey team. He did get the opportunity to follow a very successful coach, a very successful strength and conditioning coach, excuse me, and how the process of building that team um, has really gone and, and how the culture has fit in with that and how he's had to make some, some different adjustments uh, with how he handled that program because he kind of came in midstream. That, that was really neat to hear. You know, he, he talks about things that he sees between both programs is very important. You know, things that he sees across the board are really, I mean, you don't get much different than ice hockey and volleyball. So what are the things that he sees that are, that are constant between the two sports? He talks about the differences, you know, with the two teams. And there's some, some obvious ones, and he talks about some, some neat, simple changes that he makes with some of the training, you know, based on whether it's a volleyball athlete or a hockey athlete. And then he gets into where he sees programming going in the future. And I think that that's really cool, you know. So not only is Cam sharing exactly what, what he's doing and how he's doing it with these two teams, but he's also telling us where he sees it going. And I, I really am appreciative of the time Cam took to talk with us. I think the talk is absolutely phenomenal. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. All right. Cam, thanks for being on with us today, buddy. Yeah, man, I appreciate you asking me to be on. Uh, I love what you're doing with the podcast, and I think I've seen most. I don't think, I think I've missed a couple, but, uh, you know, listening to these podcasts has been great. I love how you get people on, and, you know, we talk about training and how we do things, and it's a great, it's a great vehicle to open up dialogue and, and kind of know what people are doing so i just feel honored that you asked me to be on well appreciate that man i'm, I'm stoked to have you here because you have a, a pretty unique situation up there in state college so let's first start with kind of the team that you cut your teeth with there working with volleyball Let, let's talk about how things work with that team and and what's made them really successful because i mean a, a lot of people don't follow volleyball so they probably won't know how good that team really is so, so let's go and start with how the weight room fits in that and, and how things have been built there. Okay. Um, you know, to, to know Penn State Volleyball, you really have to know Coach Rose. Um, you know, he's, he's been here for 37 years. I think he's going on to his 38. He might be his 37th. And uh, the success of women's volleyball has been because I believe this is one of the hardest working staffs, staffs in the country. The amount of time that they put in uh, on the court, in the office, at home, has really, in my experience, been second to none. I mean, Coach Rose, he's maybe in bed at midnight, and he's back up at 3 a.m. Uh, this guy works literally 24-7, and, and I know that because, you know, my wife, 
uh, coached with him for a few years here. She was assistant on that staff, and you know she was kind of in that. You know, it was it was a twenty four seven deal, and uh, so I think the big success of that comes from the hard work of the coaching staff. Um, the way the weight room fits in is, you know, when I got here, they they had just won their second consecutive national championship, and the weight room was completely different, flip side of the coin from from what I do. Uh, completely different philosophy, completely different feel. Um, and so when I came in, it was a pretty, it was a good situation for me to come into because Coach Rose wanted something different, and he was ready for that. And what was cool about that is because, um, you know, everything I did was different. And so my goal was to just make it fun, you know. And and so these girls were good, and and they win not because they have won, but they win because they continue to do the things that got them there in the first place. And I'll say this: it comes largely down to recruiting. Uh, get, getting the horses is the first battle. And, you know, before this, we, you and I were talking about culture. And when you have that culture set, uh, you don't really have to do much with that in the weight room. Does that make sense? I mean, 100%. Uh, so when I got to the weight room, I didn't have to teach these girls how to work hard. I didn't have to teach them how to show up on time. That was already there. I mean, years with Coach Rose. That was the culture of Penn State volleyball. When you think Penn State volleyball, you think – hard work, work ethic, I want to get better, and I want to be the best in the country. So when I came in and I started doing cleans and plyos and squats and, you know, the things that, that most of us are doing already, it made it really fun. And when they viewed the weight room as a place to, to hey, maybe we can still work really hard, we really like what's going on, it kind of make them work, you know, makes them work a little bit harder. And so it kind of steamrolled from there. Uh, it was a place that they actually wanted to be now, uh, and I think that was the biggest difference. But in terms of them being successful, they, it's a great culture of girls that want to work hard, they want to be better, and that's why they're here, and they continue to do that year in and year out. That's pretty, that's pretty sweet because that's an awesome situation to, to be able to walk into, You know, one that the culture of not just winning but the desire to prepare for winning is already there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the training aspect, you know, they stay all off season. Uh, we give them a week after after the uh, after finals in the in, in the uh, spring semester. And then we give them a week right before preseason. And then they have like two weeks after the national championship, you know, final four weeks. And that's the only breaks that they take the rest of the year. They're here. Uh, so we can really dive in and, and, and get into some cool training because we have that. We have the time to do it, you know, and that makes it really fun because now you can be not only rebuilding year to year, but you're always building on top of what you've done, you know, and it, it kind of allows you to be a little bit more cerebral about what you're doing because now they understand the progressiveness of the program and say, okay, when is the point where we're strong enough? I mean, is that really ever happened in our, in our business? We always wanted to be stronger. And I guess I'll go into saying this, you know, you have a girl that touches 10 feet and she squats 200 pounds. If she squats 300 pounds and still touches 10 feet, you're not doing anything for her. In volleyball, it matters how high you play. You've got to play higher, you know. So if she squats 300 and then touches 10-5, you know, we know that that strength work is directly correlated to some, some things that's happening on the court, Right. So it's cool that they stay all year because I can say, okay, our, our maximal strength skill 
is what it needs to be. Now we can really dive in and do some different things with, uh, you know, the skill of getting of getting faster and getting more explosive. Um, some teams we've had, um, you know, we didn't win the championship. We took a little bit too much time off, and you know, in the winter coming back for the spring. Now we kind of have to go back step one. Now we're five weeks linear progressions again, back down to 60, 70%, doing, you know, 15, 20 reps on the squat. I know you've had great success with higher up squats. I'm going to tell you something. When you're not, when you're kind of out of shape, that stuff works. Holy <laughs> moly. So it, it just depends on what year it is and, and, and what team it is because I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling here, but you know, you know, every year each team is completely different. You have maybe two seniors graduate and 10 freshmen in. Or you have 10 seniors graduate and two freshmen in. You never know, but each year is different, and each training cycle needs to be different. So that's kind of the positives about the weight room being they're, they're here all year. We can progress that as needed. Uh, so it's been really, really fun with that, with that team, and, and they get it. You know, they get what it takes to work hard and win. So Yeah, that's all, it's freaking awesome. And no, you're not rambling at all. I mean, it all comes back to the same point of you need to understand what, when is enough enough. And what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And how is it improving their performance? And then looking at the team in general, being like, what does this group of student athletes need at this present moment? I I think all of those are are absolutely vital, key elements to everything that we do, you know, and, um, and that is awesome that they have that built. They have that not just desire, but understanding to know that what you're doing is in their best interest. So if it is a huge GPP block where you're doing 20s, they understand, you know, Cam's got our best interest in, in heart. This blows, but we need to do this to, to be where we want to yeah. be and, come November. Yeah, and you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of team building that goes on with that. You know, I'm, I'm not, we don't do Navy SEAL training. You know, we don't, we don't do those things in, in, in our program because we just, we never have. I don't think we ever will, and that's just not us. I'm not knocking that at all, but what I'm trying to say is when you don't do other things like that, sometimes hard work in the weight room, it, it builds that camaraderie, you know, and, and the girls are coming up. If we have a, whether it's a max effort single or a max effort high rep squat, well, I'll say max effort, you know, um, it, 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 everybody's in it together and everybody's there feeding off everybody else. And that's where the weight room ties in. It's, we start in the weight room in the spring. And we continue that through the summer when they do camps and they play a little bit together. And then you just steamroll that into preseason. And, and uh, you know, that hard work has got to translate. And if it doesn't, if there's if it's weight room on the left hand and court on the right hand, you know, they've got to see that connection. And I think that's extremely important to, to know that, hey, we can do this hard work in the weight room, but it will help on the court. You know, they've got to see that importance. And I think uh, – you know, some kids get it. A lot of them do. Some of them don't. And maybe, you know, usually the ones that don't, maybe they don't play as much, you know. It depends. Yeah. So Unless they're absolutely, completely gifted. Just insane, yeah. yeah. So you come into a team that has a culture built mm-hmm. where you can work within that and to continue the development and the improvement of the student-athletes. Mm-hmm. Then fast forward about five, six years later, you get a new program. So let's talk about how building the ice hockey team has been. You know, yeah. being, I mean, you guys taking it at ground zero and going. Yeah. It, uh, well, it, 
for those of, for those out there that may not know, you know, Penn State was a club team here, and and they were a really successful club team. You know, they they knew what winning was on that level. Um, so it, there was a big buzz around here that that they wanted D one hockey. Got a huge uh, donation from from Terry Pagula, and uh, so they built the ice rink here. We got men's and women's hockey. Um, now when they came in. Um, I, I applied for the hockey job. I knew that was something that, hey, I'm really interested in that. I didn't get it. Uh, Coach Godowski uh, had his own guy. His name was Robert McLean. And so the very first year of them being Division I, uh, they were an independent team their first year. You know, the, the same differences in the weight room between, you know, before me in volleyball and before Rob in hockey was the same thing. It was all the same philosophy for that. So when he came in, uh, Rob did an abs- a tremendous job with these kids. He taught them, you know, how to lift heavy, uh, what that did for them. He taught them a lot of breathing techniques, the importance of the diaphragm and the pelvic floor. Uh, you know, so Rob set a lot of that foundation of of what lifting is for hockey. And he spent some time in the NHL. I think he's he was a part of teams that won. I think he's got two Stanley Cups to his name. Uh, you know, so so he knew what he was doing. I mean, they had a great strength coach come in and get the job done with those guys right away. And, you know, fast forward a year, um, some things happened. Rob got let go, and and I was here, and so we took it over. And what I mean, we, the entire strength department, took hockey over. You know, we had Fitz here at the time, Craig Fitzgerald, who's now down at the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, and, and we slid over here and just kind of kicked the door down and said – we're going to hit this thing running, you know, sorry about Rob, but we're going to go. And that happened for about two weeks. And, um, I sat down with Fitz and I said, I'm, I'm extremely interested in this hockey job. I would like to take it. And he goes, hey, okay, you got it. Let, let, let's see if it works. So when I got here, um, you know, Rob's philosophy coming from the NHL, I think it was because coming from the NHL, it was a little bit more relaxed. It was, you have a block of time, you know, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. to get your lift in, come on and get it done, right? There was no team lift. It was usually just find a buddy, come on in. Uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. That just was his style. And then when I came in, it was, you know, it's going to be team workouts, everyone together. And if, you know, we had two team workouts at 8.15 and 1.30 and just kind of went with uh, class schedule, you know. And it's going to be a lot more fast-paced. It's going to be together. And the thing about how that worked is – since Rob set the lifting culture of, hey, we, we want to put some weight on the bar and we want to get as strong as we can and we want to be as healthy as we can, you know, which kind of goes back to the breathing and the sacrum and all that with hockey, and I think we'll get to that later. But the culture of working hard is now set before I got here. Uh, so thank you to those guys that did that. You know, and, and that's one thing about Penn State is I think uh, I think we recruit athletes who, who want to work hard. We have a a lot of teams have an outstanding culture here. I feel very lucky to have that. So I don't have to coach motivation or hard work very often, to be honest with you. We just kind of hit the ground running and going. Um, so with that being said, when I got here, it wasn't really a build of a change of culture again. It was, you know, Rob got let go two weeks before the season. And so the guys were, you know, not really feeling good about me coming in, as can be understanded, right? I mean, we got this new strength coach two weeks before the season, and we love what this guy's doing. You know, who's this guy? 
know, who, why is this guy here and what's he going to do? What he, what's he know about hockey? Right. You know, I wrestled in college and now I, I worked basketball for a few years and now I've, I'm the volleyball guy, you know, so we had a lot of that going on. So when I kind of stepped in, it was, I'm not going to try to change anything with the culture, nothing. You know, it's, it's, this is the biggest difference is, you know, volleyball weight room, I could, I changed the culture in the weight room. And that was what was successful about that. Hockey, absolutely not. I, I kind of had to form to their culture there for a while uh, so they can get to know me and I can get to know hockey. So my learning curve in hockey was huge that first year. You know, I learned, and, and the guys here were so good about if I was doing something and they'd say, hey, you know, I felt a little bit slow. I feel, I feel weird on the ice. Okay, let's tweak it. Let's do this. So, so it's been a, a really good – this is my third year with them now, um, you know, in terms of goalie training and how that is completely different. Um, it, it's, its own, it's its own beast. Um, but that's been really good about hockey is, is learning on my side and, and being able to kind of adapt to what these guys need. And, and so it's just been fun. And Guy Godowski is, you know, one of the best coaches I've ever been able to work with. That guy does things the right way. Um, he, yeah, he's good. He's really good. So it's, it, on the culture side, it was great. And we just continue to, to roll with that. And, and I think, uh, the, the two biggest things for our team is work ethic and commitment period. We don't have a lot of quotes. We don't have sayings. We don't have other t-shirts. It's work ethic and commitment. You know, we, and we just take that approach to, to our schoolwork, to our, to our life, to the weight room. And then once you get on the ice, it's about passion and instinct, you know, you get out there and you let it roll, you know. So that's how that's been. It's been awesome. Yeah, it sounds it. It's uh, as a guy that grew up playing hockey, it sounds like their culture is, is a lot like what the game is, man. A lot of, a lot of blue collar, up early to to get on the rink or out late to get on the rink and <laughs> yeah. find your time and and just go. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's something that. Being below the Mason-Dixon line, I, I definitely miss. Uh, <laughs> although we're two hours away from being able to watch a guy who's pretty good up there in D.C. Um, he scores some goals every now and then. Mm-hmm. But looking at these two teams, I mean, because really like, you can't get much more different than volleyball and ice hockey. Yeah. Let's start talking training, and let's talk about what you see as the largest commonalities between the two, you know, where, where do you see programming things that, that they just seem to, to cross over for both groups? Or even just thoughts, maybe not exercises and such, but just sure. where do you see the connections? Well, I think the biggest commonalities from, from how I approach my two teams, okay? I've got another team, but for these two, the base of my program is my goals is to make a better mover, and to make them extremely durable, you know, and, and that goes in, and it, and it first starts with, um, with the breathing for me, um, and this is something that I had looked at, uh, I learned a lot of it from Rob, the, the old hockey guy, he taught me a lot of it, um, but this breathing stuff is, it, when I first looked at it, I went, man, I'm not spending 10 minutes doing breathing, right, I kind of had that initial <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to it, and, and once I learned that, uh, What's common about that is, is it teaches athletes how to breathe with their diaphragm. That diaphragmatic breathing is extremely important for what it does for 
you know, the ribs and the pelvis being in alignment, being able to train in a neutral spine. Um, you know, we had a 6'6 middle a few years back who actually just won a championship over there in Europe with her team. You know, and her pelvic didn't have a, a very strong pelvic floor. And, and what some of this breathing does is it gets that pelvic floor strong. So now, you know, she's able to move well with this long. You guys work basketball. You understand those long bodies and kind of how difficult that is. Being able to have that core strength uh, by way of breathing, kind of working inside out instead of outside in, uh, has been one of the biggest commonalities of training these two teams. So for volleyball, it's more core strength, pelvic floor strength, being able to hold positions, being able to be strong, going up for a block. And by positions, I mean back row, uh, setting a good platform, reaching for the ball. You know, in hockey, I mean that sacrum is so finicky, man. Um, that's something I, that, that's new, that's different about hockey is that sacrum likes to move a lot because that hockey stride is. Is it, it's, it's, not, it's unlike anything else in sport. And, and the way the hip is and the way that anterior tilt of the pelvis and, and being open on the left or right side and, and what, that, what that does for back pain uh, and, and glute firing, is, it's substantial. So the commonalities is starting with the breathing. And, and that just, you know, getting that core strength from the inside out is, has really helped me develop them in terms of uh, strength, applied strength, you know. Let's let's use this strength while you're playing the sport because sometimes a back squat can't translate, right? And right. and so when you're doing this other strength and getting them strong from the inside out, that's kind of how how more can be translated to their sport. So that's the biggest commonality that I, that I'll say first. And um, secondly is just you know everybody's going to squat, you know volleyball, hockey. Everybody's going to do single leg work. Everybody's going to do Olympic work. Everybody, you know so on and so on. Um, but I think the biggest differences there is, uh, like I said with volleyball, what, what time is it best utilized? You know, do you have to go straight GPP? Can you stay more in a developmental max effort cycle? You know, that's the biggest thing. So uh, in terms of that, I'm very similar with my programming. Volleyball or hockey, you're gonna, you're, we got to get you strong. You know, strong enough to be able to do some eccentric work strong enough to do isometric work, strong enough to do isometric work and, and have some tissue remodeling going on so we can actually tap into whatever skill we're going to be doing. Uh, it's all the same. And, you know, hockey, I do like the single leg training. You know, we've, we've got a, a goalie that deadlifts 600. It was a trap bar. He pulled 600. Does he have to pull 700? I don't think so. I think now we can tap more into a single leg. Let's make a single leg an emphasis and let's push that side of things. So, you know, volleyball, I don't really ever get there because uh, I don't think the double leg work is ever really strong enough to do that. I'm not saying I don't do single leg. I just – the single leg is not an emphasis for a volleyball as it would be for hockey. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. Uh, okay. So um, so that's the biggest common things that I see is, is just being strong from in the core, inside out, glutes firing – you know, that glute needs to be as strong as possible in both sports. Um, hockey, it's just more ACL-minded. Or, excuse me, volleyball, it's more ACL-preventative-minded. In hockey, it's more how do I push the ice harder-minded. Uh, so that's kind of what I see there. That's awesome. So let's backtrack and let's talk about this breathing a little bit. Because mm -hmm. it's obviously something that you're pretty passionate about. How do you progress it? Where do you start? What are you looking for? I'm just looking for, 
for the body to be in a better alignment, and it, and it starts through being able to breathe in the belly. Uh, rib, ribs can be flared open, uh, which can kind of, it can pull that pelvis differently. And, and if, you have, if you have somebody that left rib is flared open, you know, most often that they're going to be a left AIC, meaning the left, the left pelvis is opened up, plus the anterior tilt. So that sacrum, that, that sacrum is going to move. You know, because if that, if that diaphragm is being pulled up on the left side and, and that right hip flexor is tighter than crap and that it's going to pull, it, I'm, just, I'm saying it's going to. I mean, it, not, not, not every situation is exactly the same. But, you know, that diaphragm is being pulled up that left side. It's going to get that L4, L5 going this way and that sacrum is going to go this way. It's got to compensate, right? So you can still walk straight. So the breathing helps that. For me better because it sets that pelvis you can set that neutral spine and when you do that i think the glute activation work that we're doing the the core work that we're doing works a little bit better uh and then when that's when you can fire your glutes and you're strong in your core and you have a good neutral spine then when you go to the squat all that stuff is firing just a little bit better hey now you're able to do you know 95% more often and more efficiently than what you could have. And I just, I'm just throwing out 95%. It could be 80%. Right. It just, just things happen more efficiently. You know, so strength is now more efficient, better applied to our sport. Um, so it's, it's a certain routine that we're doing. It's a series of 90, 90 breathing, uh, with added abduction. Um, you know, there's some other stuff there. It, it's PRI, PRI breathing. Um, and then within the workout, what that does for me, for me is, uh, uh, I'm going to say this, but early on in my career, I was a big weighted sit-up guy. You know, we did a ton. And, and so now I haven't done a sit-up in, in a few years. It's all, it's all ribbed down, neutral spine, um, working in flexion. You know, because both of them, both of them volleyball and hockey, and, and probably in basketball too, let's say 90% of your kids are stuck in extension, you know, lumbar extension. You know, what's that do for back pain? It's not good for back pain. So once you get that, get that pelvis set, the glutes are firing, that pelvic floor is strong through, the, through breathing and through those exercises, when you get into your workout and you're working, you're working the core in flexion, you know, so you have, you have a TRX or a ring or a, or a barbell rollout, you know, what changed in my, in my – what I'm looking at is I used to say, okay, if you can go down all the way to the floor and come back up, you're strong. Now it's can you go down all the way – inflection and hold that neutral position and come back up without going into extension. So it seems, it seems small. It seems like it's not important, but that's almost the number one thing that has led my training to be more successful is getting that the core strong at neutral and not being in lumbar extension. And, and I think most of the time it's just what I hear from the athlete. Uh, you know, we do some breathing after we lift, uh, we do a, a 90, 90, so feet are against the wall. You're laying on the ground. You take a breath in your nose into your belly, and you know for about six, five, six seconds in through your nose. You hold it for about six to eight seconds, and then you exhale through your mouth for about eight to ten seconds. We do five to six reps, and what that does is it can relax the erectors. It kind of sets you more neutral walking out the door, which can also put you more in a parasympath parasympathetic when you walk out. So now it's increased recovery times, right? And so. Getting strong in that position, resetting them when they leave, it just bodes well for recovery and, and just, hey, coach, I feel good. You know, I'm, I, I'm not sore. So 
that's why I'm passionate about it is because I've seen that it's worked. That first year I was a little weird about it, uh, didn't like it too much, but the more and more we do it, the more it seems to be working really well. Uh, so do you do that every day? Every day. And you said six count in, six count hold, six count out mm-hmm. for five yep. reps. Yep. So we're talking 18, so you're talking a minute and a half. Yeah, and, that, and that's the one we do at the end. You know, at, right. at, at the beginning, it's at the beginning, depending on what they have, um, you know, if they're, if they're flared open on both sides of the hip or just one or the other, some athletes have four exercises they have to do. Some athletes have maybe six or seven. After the breathing, we all go through our dynamic warm-up together. Uh, it's, man, once you teach them, I mean, I, you, you need to bring them in individually or in groups of two or three to show them the routine. And then once they get it, a couple minutes. It's, it's, it's three minutes before your dynamic warm-up. You know, do your soft tissue work first. You know, do lacrosse ball on the ball of your foot, your butt, your lats. You know, do that kind of stuff. Then hit your breathing, you know, three to five minutes. Then let's dynamic warm up. It, you know, so the PRI breathing after you teach them, it, you know, before and after is five minutes on your workout. It's, it's extremely efficient. Yeah. I mean, so right now you're talking a total of six and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in an off season where you're dealing with what, you've got six to eight hours. So you're talking six minutes, maybe five days a week. You're talking a half hour. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like based on what you're saying that it's a pretty successful, useful part of your time. It is, and, and you know, I said uh, it, it, it helps train at neutral. Uh, what, what I didn't say is it helps scap training. You know, right. it helps when you're at neutral, you know, you, you're trying to change, you know, build mobility in the scap, you know, the elevation and, you know, all the ways you can train the scap is, you know, that stuff now becomes more beneficial because they're, now they're more aware of the position they're in. Now they're more aware of how the, how the scap moves. And so with volleyball, that, that goes into our hitters, into our, into our girls that serve hard, you know, that, that hard jump spin serve and, uh, you know, and that health in the biceps tendon. So uh, it really, it really kind of lends itself to, to have a little bit more efficient training and the things that we've always done, it just helps some exercise now become more beneficial to what we're doing. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. So then with those two being the, the primary similarities – can you touch upon one or two of the biggest differences? Yeah. Um, the biggest differences is, is, is I'll go to hockey real quick, and, and it's, it's the sacrum. That's the biggest difference is, is making sure that that is locked down solid. Um, that's a huge, huge thing that we <laughs> talk about, we train with. Uh, it's, it's getting the groin uh, we do a lot. I do a lot more groin work with hockey than I do with volleyball. Uh, you know, we'll do uh, uh, med ball squeezes, uh, a walking squeeze lunge uh, where you go out, you pause at the bottom, you squeeze your knees in, uh, working working that adduction a little bit more. With volleyball, it's it's kind of more abduction side. Um, with hockey, it's just you know getting that groin, getting the glutes, and making sure that sacrum is is locked down so that sucker doesn't move when you're skating or getting checked into the boards. You know, can you can you prevent that all the time? Absolutely not. Um, that occurs all the time. So so that's the, that's one of the biggest differences with hockey is is when that when that situation happens. Uh, I'm a big full squat guy. I'm a proponent of high bar full squats. Doesn't mean I don't do low bar box squat. We do some of that. 
Um, although I do like to have it uh, more more quad dominant with some with some exercises. You know, the anterior loaded split squats, front squats. Um, we do like to do those box squats because sometimes they build that bone spur in their hip. We don't see that in volleyball. Not a lot of bone spurs in the hip with volleyball. So they can go ass to grass high bar all day. Granted, they have the mobility. Uh, with hockey, some guys just cannot and should not even go to 90. I don't think. I mean, we're taking them. I mean, it might be a matter of five degrees high, mm-hmm. but but that's where it stops. And and that's one of the biggest differences that I had to get over was, you know, being a weightlifter. You know, I'm, I know I'm not training weightlifters. Let's say that. I know I know we're not weightlifters. Uh, but I but I like the benefit of that full squat. Hockey guys, if they can't do it, they don't do it, and that's a huge difference. Is is you train not you know you don't try to run something over with a train, you know you you work around it, you know, and, and you can still get strong working around something like that. Um, so that's that's been big. Um, goalie training, like I said before, is an absolute huge difference. Um, you know, I don't do any kind of, you know, even, even doing a sprint for like, you know, if I, you know, when we do the, you know, the, the one to four work to rest one to five, one to six, that speed work, my goalies are extremely on the, you know, one to six, you know, it's all plyo, all, all quickness, all speed. There's almost no, okay. There's a little bit, but that aerobic energy system, you know, I don't want those goalies being slowed down. We've got to be absolutely as quick as possible, you know, and, and that's the position that you, you may have an aerobic component when you're stuck on a, on a penalty kill, you know, and you can't, get the, you can't clear the zone. You might be in there for a minute, you know, and, and having to be in there for 45 seconds to, you know, we had, we had one of our goalies kind of get stuck in that for about a minute and 15 seconds this year, and he was waxed, you know, tired, you know, so that, that could be a drawback. But uh, in that position, it's – you know, tons of plyos, tons of speed work, and that's it. You know, we're not doing, we're not doing that high rep stuff. It's it's low rep, heavy, building that building that power, building that pure speed uh, for those guys. No, that's awesome. And to be able to just understand the difference almost between hockey being in and volleyball being out, and understanding how it's all based around the hip versus the knee mm-hmm. is pretty freaking cool. Well, how, how many issues in volleyball do you see that it's not the knee, it's the hip? You know, did you look at the hip? If the answer is no, you know, maybe you should have. And, and that's something that I didn't know. I didn't know that four years ago, five years ago. You know, and, and knock on wood, we've been pretty lucky with injuries. We, we've had very low injury rates in terms of overuse or acute. You know, we, we've not had a lot of injuries. But that's the, the one of the other things that I've learned about the, about learning the hip, learning the breathing is – is that knee issue can come from that hip being out of alignment. And so can that first rib. You know, if, if that pelvis isn't set, that first rib can be out. You know, that lat could be a decelerator, and it really shouldn't be in a swing, you know. Uh, I, I'm not smart enough to be able to tell that all the time. I'm not going to sit here and say that. Um, but those issues in the shoulder and that first rib or a knee can be, can be decreased by just getting the, the pelvis strong. Yeah. So. No, man. That's freaking awesome. Um, so then, where do you see your programming going? So the breathing has been the new thing that you found mm-hmm. a lot of success with. What's the next big thing when it comes to training in your program? 
where do you see yourself evolving to? I think uh, through now, this is going to be, you know, this offseason is going to be their fourth offseason. Third with me, their fourth offseason. Um, we're, we're to the point now where we're a pretty strong hockey team. Um, you know, comparatively, I, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy with our numbers. You know, uh, our best front squat's 410. Our worst front squat is 315. Our best deadlift is 600. Our worst deadlift is 405 by a fret, you know, 405 freshman. So yeah, there's all those people that need to get stronger. But what we're looking at here is, I think that we're a pretty strong hockey team. So the next place that we need to get is now building the skill of being, you know, more fast twitch. And how do you build that? How how do you change that? You know, how do you remodel that tissue in a way that 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 fires quicker? And it, it, it's got to happen. And that's why we're going to continue to squat uh, even more so. Um, so I'm going to kind of scale down the heavy deadlift. We're going to start doing more speed deadlift work. And I'm going to really push that intensity on the squat because we can really load it. Uh, we can do some really effective eccentric work with the squat, uh, whether it be a wide stance or a close stance. Uh, with hockey, I do both. Uh, volleyball, I let them go where they're comfortable. Uh, but really try now to tap into that tissue remodeling to just tap into, okay, we've got to continue to get faster because being Penn State hockey, yeah, we've had a 21 season, you know, and, and which is, which we're happy with, but obviously you, you always train because you want to win, right? And if we're going to continue to get faster on the ice and we're going to continue to be successful in competing with these top-tier teams, you know, that's where we want to be. So our training has got to evolve. And when you look on paper, when, when you're that strong, where do you go? You know, if, if you're strong like that, where do you go? And I think I think tapping into that is, is something really cool. And, and again, I'll go back to saying that's why you need a strong culture. And that's why you need a team that, that's committed to training year-round. Because if they're not, you might have to always go back and start over with a GPP cycle. And you're not, you, you may not ever be able to hit those new, you know, is, is eccentrics effective with, with somebody that's out of shape and weak? You know, okay. Can you load them up enough? Is it safe? You know, so I think it bodes well to having a team that wants to stay and wants to train. So I think that's where we're going next is trying to find some different things with uh, with how do we tap into that eccentric work, a little bit more of the isometric work. And when you think about it, it might be a little bit more closer that, to that uh, triphasic some stuff. You know, uh, I, I think that's uh, – I've been researching that a little bit, talking to Cal a lot about it. Uh, we might be going that route just a little bit. Um, so I think that's where they're going. You know, volleyball, you know, they came in in January and, uh, we were, we were more GPP. So I think they're going to be going into more of a developmental strength here after spring break. Uh, you know, getting good at, you know, 80 to 90% being able to handle some load. And in the summer we might, we might kick on going for something new, but I don't think so. We'll see how it goes, you know? No, that's awesome, man. And just sharing with us and everybody that's listening you know, the past and your journey to where you are now when it comes to training and your your methods and, and where you're going, I think is absolutely priceless. I can't thank you enough, Cam, for spending the time with us. This is absolutely killer, bro. I, uh, we'll get this up real quick. Thank you so much. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, brother. We'll be in touch real soon. All right, man. And a huge thank you to today's guest, Penn State Strength and Conditioning Coach Cam Davidson. Guys, I mean, just open, honest sharing, a man telling us exactly what he does how he does it, 
and where he's going. I, I couldn't thank him enough, you know, for, for being on and, and sharing just straight up and honest what he's doing and what he sees that he likes and what he doesn't like. It's uh it's a breath of fresh air that we have people that are so willing just to put themselves out there and share what they do. So Cam, thank you so much for being here. And guys, as always, I hope you enjoyed the talk as much as I did. And if you did, please share it in the social media outlet of your choice. Any questions, thoughts, comments, please share them below. Tweet them at us, leave them on Facebook, leave them on the website, the Podomatic page, whatever it may be. Again, guys, I really hope you enjoyed the talk. Cam is an absolutely awesome person and a fantastic coach. I can't thank him enough for the open and honest sharing here. And we will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.